And we just think it's, it's phenomenally important to our town. I mean, to really the existence and survival of our town. This is episode 226 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm Lisa Gonzalez. As many of our listeners know, in February 2015, the FCC issued an order that preempted restrictive state laws in Tennessee and North Carolina. The FCC's order allowed Greenlight, the municipal network developed by Wilson's Electric Utility, to expand its internet access, telephone, and video services outside of Wilson County. Pine Tops, a small community of about 1,300 residents, was connected soon after the FCC ruling, and the community, its businesses and residents, finally received the high-quality connectivity they needed to step into the 21st century. But this last August, the order was reversed by the Sixth Circuit for the U.S. Court of Appeals. Wilson had to stop offering service to Pine Tops or risk losing the exemption to the state law. In other words, stop serving Pine Tops or the state would shut them down completely. In this interview, Chris talks with Will Acock, Greenlight's general manager, and later Suzanne Coker-Craig, a Pine Tops business owner and town commissioner. Will describes the situation in the area, especially since the onset of Hurricane Matthew, which has hit Pine Tops hard, and how Wilson found a way to continue to help its neighbor. Suzanne describes what it was like before the community had high-quality services from Greenlight. She also describes how important the service is for the town and how Greenlight has gone above and beyond to help the people of Pine Tops. Now here's Will Acock, General Manager of Greenlight, and Suzanne Coker-Craig, Pine Tops Town Commissioner and local business owner. Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast. I'm starting out today talking with Will Acock, the General Manager of Greenlight, the Municipal Fiber Network in Wilson, North Carolina. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. Happy to be here. Well, it's, it's great to have you back. Uh, I think a lot of people are aware that um, you have had a state law in the past that has prohibited you from building uh, your network outside of the county, though you have many neighbors that would like to have it. Uh, for right. a, a period of time, the FCC preempted that law and made it so that you could expand. Uh, what did you do during that period? Right, so during that period, we uh, offered our service to the residents of the town of Pine Tops, North Carolina, over in Edgecombe County. Uh, Pine Tops is a wholesale power customer of our electric utility. So we actually had fiber all the way into the community and had been uh, helping them with building fiber even you know before the change in the, the law that allowed us to provide our broadband services. So since we already had access, uh, fiber access in the community, and we'd actually been working back in 2009 and 10 with the town officials down in Pine Tops to basically do the engineering studies required to, to go ahead and bring broadband into their community. So all that legwork had been done. So when the window of opportunity uh, presented itself, we went ahead and, and began providing our broadband service to their residents. And and you guys are about 50,000 people. Pine Tops is what like 1800, so it's a pretty I mean it's a pretty small city. Yeah, it's a very small uh you know, eastern North Carolina typical town. Now that's very complicated because the 6th circuit has reinstated the law. Um what does that mean for Pine Tops? In effect, it means that we are no longer allowed to provide telecommunication services uh for a fee outside of Wilton County. Uh, which puts us in the position of potentially having to disconnect or withdraw our broadband services from that community. Um, however, as you may know, we have, have uncovered at least a temporary solution that hopefully will allow us to find a permanent solution to the issue. 
Yes, uh, under the law, you have 30 days, basically, to stop serving them, although I think it's not really clear when that 30 days started from. But in any event, you had scheduled, uh, basically, the end of October to cut them off. And uh, just last week, or um, as this is airing, the, the week before, you decided to offer free service because that is allowed under the law. Um, you know, how did the, the Wilson City Council decide, what made them decide to do that? Well, you know, first and foremost, we've been working and trying to uncover essentially any opportunity to avoid withdrawing service, especially right now during this critical time for that community. As you may be aware, we're barely two weeks out from Hurricane Matthew, one of the most devastating hurricanes that's happened uh, to this part of the the world uh, since really Floyd uh, back in the the late 1990s. Um, so you know, obviously there was already a, an effort underway to, to try to figure out how to not withdraw this critical infrastructure from the residents of Pine Tops. Then you sort of layer on this natural disaster with many of the residents living in emergency shelters, uh, relief organizations coming into the community, you know, helping to sort of get people back on their feet, all of those operations relying on uh, the broadband network, really, for the essential communications behind those those efforts. Um, so that really sort of put an in in increased amount of weight on trying to find a solution. Um, so our attorneys um, came to the realization that there was this sort of potential loophole that would allow us to at least temporarily provide uh, broadband and voice service in the community at no charge. Um, obviously, it's not a permanent solution, and it wouldn't be a solution at all if it were not for our private sector partners, but we've actually had uh, two of our wholesale providers who we purchased both bandwidth and dial tone from step up, and they are actually offering us services for free uh, for a limited period of time to essentially help us to bridge this gap in the community. Um, both to give them opportunity to get back on their feet after this natural disaster, and then from a broader sense, uh, hopefully allowing us, in partnership with some of our state legislators, um, to find a permanent solution. First of all, I just want to say it's really great to hear that there's multiple entities coming together to make sure that Pine Tops is not left out. Um, and it's it's also worth noting that um, you are the only broadband provider in Pine Tops. There is no cable. Uh, there is a DSL provider, but um, I know a person in Pine Tops, and he has assured me that no one could get more than 10 megabit service, uh, which is not broadband access and certainly would be very hard to run a business on. So um, you pulling out would be a significant hardship. Um, I'm, I'm just curious if you could just briefly tell us some of the important ways that, that the broadband service has been essential dealing with uh, this emergency situation. Right. Well, you know, one of the first things is just simple, you know, communication with family members. Uh, as these residents were evacuated from their homes and they were, you know, moved into this emergency shelter there in the community, you know, they have relatives and family and friends across the nation and across the globe who want to know that they're okay. Um, and, you know, there's been some lack of communication services. So we fielded the call basically saying, can you guys come down and, and set up wireless in the shelter so that, you know, these people's devices will work and will allow them to communicate with their family and friends across the globe and you know, letting them know that they're okay. 
Um, and then just the final note, you noted broadband and telephone services, uh, but there will be no cable services. Um, so this is a lifeline type of service, really, that you're going to be providing, while we hope that the North Carolina legislature, um, at the very least, exempts pine tops from the law or ideally uh, reconsiders the entire limitation that you have to deal with. Right. Certainly, you know, our immediate priority is extending these lifeline services during this transition period. Uh, hopefully allowing the legislators to, you know, at a minimum, as you said, provide a fix for, for the residents there in Pine Tops uh, and our other customers outside of Wilson County. Although our goal certainly is to have all communities in this state have the option to be able to, you know, meet their own infrastructure needs as their elected officials deem appropriate. And then I'd just like to ask you one other thing as we finish up, and that's, you know, just so people are aware in the middle of this, you know, almost existential crisis for Pine Taps with this devastation from the hurricane, you still have them prioritizing getting down to Raleigh to argue for some relief from the state in in the form of this law. And I think that just to me, it shows me how incredibly important this issue is. This isn't just about downloading Netflix. This is about the survival of a community um, in the modern era. Absolutely. You know, it's been very, very moving um, to see what's going on in the community and to watch their elected leaders, you know, their mayor and and commissioners sort of trade duty um, between working at the shelters, helping to serve their citizens there, and then sort of ferrying back and forth almost a relay to Raleigh to meet with various state officials to try to to advocate, you know, on behalf of their community for long-term access to this infrastructure. Um, And I think seeing that play out has really highlighted for me and and for many others the importance of this infrastructure in these communities. Well, thank you very much, Will, both for the call today and also for, I think, setting an example of how communities should be helping each other out to make sure that we can all thrive in this country. Well, I appreciate it, Chris. It was great talking with you. And now I'm speaking with Suzanne Coker-Craig, a town commissioner and small business owner in Pine Tops, North Carolina. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Appreciate being here. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know that there's a lot going on there. Um, I'm curious if we could start just with a sense of what it was like to be a small business owner prior to getting the Wilson Internet Service in Pine Tops. You know, you kind of make do with what you have. So <laughs> we were we were very used to um, dealing with slow Internet, but we didn't have any options. So hmm, we made the best of it. But our internet was, you know, pretty slow and unreliable. And I spent um, almost 20 years living in Raleigh in the Triangle before I moved back home. So, you know, I was used to a little more modern (laughs) approach and still have lots of friends and and family um, who live in Raleigh. And so I'd go up there and realize how much faster uh, real internet was. Uh, Customer service was terrible. I mean, you know, you got the feeling that we were the small town dealing with the, the large company who really didn't care about us at all and go through all kinds of um, mazes to get through to a person to talk with when you had a problem. And, you know, generally you were told well, the problem must be on your end. Right. It was just, it was frustrating and it was slow and it was unreliable. Now, when you say unreliable, I think there's a number of people who might think, well, yeah, my, my cable internet cuts out every every few months or so. I'm, I'm guessing it's significantly more unreliable for you. Absolutely. There would be periods during every day 
you know, when if if more than one of us were on the um, were on online down here at my shop, we'd both be waiting, and it would be dragging, and sometimes it would just drop off. This would be, I mean, when you say yeah, people are used to that kind of thing, um, you know, once every couple of months. This would be, you know, about once a week that it would drop off just for no reason. It may not be off, may not be off long, but just enough to interrupt what you were doing and really just got aggravating. And there would be times, I mean, honestly, with, you know, a light rain <laughs> that it would, it would just disappear, um, you know, for a few minutes. And it was constantly, um, you know, you, your connection would drop off on your computer and it would have to be searching for the connection again. So it was it was much more common than I think anyone anyone would really be used to or expect. And so, how did things change when Wilson uh, began offering the service, uh, the the much faster internet service? Oh my goodness, it was night and day. And the difference with the the internet service was, I mean, it was incredibly fast. And I've actually tested. I will, I will be honest and say that I have I did not have a chance to hook up my business. With green light, I have green light at my house, which is about a block away. Um, so I have it in, in my home, but not my business yet because I was online to or in line to be hooked up when the court ruling came down. I'm kind of on the waiting list for my business, but I have tested my service at home versus my service here at work, and the internet at home is five times faster. So the speed was very noticeable, and the service is. Seamless. I mean, I don't think I've had any interruptions other than probably for about 45 minutes during the hurricane a couple of weeks ago. Um, <laughs> right, and that's somewhat understandable. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that I don't complain about. <laughs> yeah. It was noteworthy that that's all the time we lost it. But it's it's fast enough that I will routinely leave my leave my business if I have a large file to upload or something like that, and will run home and you know upload files and um, <laughs> do things when I need fast, reliable internet, I will walk a block to my house Sure. Um, with my laptop. So it's very noticeable, and um, people here have been incredibly excited about it. You know, everybody that's gotten it has loved it and has commented on how much more efficient it is and just really, really excited about it. And the fact that they had an option was also noteworthy for all of us here. Like we don't have to choose the only one. We haven't. We have an option. In, and I have the impression that now that um, the town has had it and it's it's possibly about to be taken away, that people are fighting harder than they would be if it was just a hypothetical issue. Um, because obviously people could have been uh, upset about this law two and three years ago, but now that they've oh, yeah. tasted it, it seems like something's different. Oh, it's it's an entirely different uh, idea because yeah, I mean, I guess. When you live in a small rural town, you get kind of used to being left behind in things. And so, you know, I'm sure when the law was passed in 2011, it was kind of one of those, well, they wouldn't let us get this anyway, I'm sure. Um, and, it, and you know, and that was five years ago, and it wasn't quite as common to have for areas to have, you know, that kind of speed of, of Internet. Right. And honestly, our economy has gotten even more uh, dependent on good Internet service since then. So I think the combination of those things, and yeah, when when you get it and you realize how good it is, and then somebody wants to take it away, yeah, our folks are extremely upset about this. Now, just turning to Hurricane Matthew, can you 
briefly tell us the, the lasting impact that you've had from the storm? Our little town of Pine Tops, which is about 1,300, similar to when Hurricane Floyd came through, we are almost like a little island. And <laughs> within, um, and I, I'm not exaggerating this, within a half a mile of our town's borders, just about on all sides, we had significant flooding. And so people within our community, um, you know, lost, quite a few people lost their, lost their homes. We had others who had significant damage to their homes and, and were displaced for, you know, a couple of weeks um, at least. And there's obviously still a lot of rebuilding going on and, and a lot of, you know, recovery efforts and those kind of things. But that situation also thought about how important it was to have good Internet. Um, one of our churches here kind of set up an impromptu shelter because, you know, all of this was pretty unexpected as far as the level of the flooding. And so one of our local churches set up a shelter, and within a couple of hours of them doing that, the folks from Greenland and Wilson were at the shelter hooking up the fellowship hall where they had about 100 people housed and hooking that up for the Wi-Fi connection. They had Wi-Fi already at the church, but it wasn't strong enough to reach that area. And so the folks from Greenland hooked it up, and we had quite a few um, people in the shelter who were um, Hispanic. And they immediately were able to get on their get on their phones and let people know, let their families know that they were okay. And that was a tremendous relief to a lot of folks um, and really made a difference. And so, you know, we saw immediate impact from that. Uh, like I said, the folks from Greenlight have been here, you know, they have serviced us very well, very quickly. And, you know, we, we know that we are a priority with them. Um, in the service that they've given us, even through this disaster situation. I mean, there have been several situations, and especially considering that, you know, they may have to take their service away from us. And they have gone above and beyond, you know, with service calls and those kind of things, given that situation that, you know, it would be easy for them to brush us off and say, well, we're going to have to cut them off anyway. But they haven't. And that's meant a, that's meant a tremendous amount of, uh, makes a tremendous difference in the attitudes of the folks in this town as well. You know, I've, I've met a number of people from Greenlight over the years, and I've, I've always been impressed with their character. So I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. Um, the, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to ask you about the hurricane is because I find it, I found it really powerful learning from Will that, that your uh, town's leadership, um, in the midst of dealing all this, was still having to go to Raleigh to plead your case to be exempted from the law that's uh, preventing Wilson from expanding. Um, and I to me, it just showed how this seriously this uh, is being taken by uh, your town's leadership. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's one of those things that we had a meeting that Friday, you know, and the hurricane basically came in, you know, kind of like late Friday and, and Saturday. We had a meeting in Raleigh. We thought the folks in Raleigh might call it off because of the weather, but they didn't. So, yeah, we all trooped up there. Every one of us time <laughs> to go went to Raleigh. It's, it's that important for us. Our area, our entire area really in eastern North Carolina, the small rural areas, really struggle economically. I mean, we're one of the poorest, in the, one of the poorest counties in the state. And it is very hard for us to attract business. It's, it's hard for us to attract population here. And this green light service really gives us, I mean, a considerable economic boost 
and we just think it's it's phenomenally important to our town. I mean, to really the existence and survival of our town. So we think it's that important. Well, I want to thank you for taking uh, time out while you're in the middle of uh, these two important issues and running a business and running a town and everything else. Um, I think um, people are really going to be interested in what you have to say. So thank you for taking the time. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure, and we will keep fighting. That was Chris talking with Will Acock, General Manager of Greenlight, and Suzanne Coker-Craig, Pine Tops Town Commissioner and local business owner. We have plenty of coverage of Pine Tops, Wilson, and Greenlight at muninetworks.org, and we'll continue to follow developments there. Remember, we have transcripts for this and other Community Broadband Bits podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadbandbits. Send us your ideas for the show. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at communitynets. Follow muninetworks.org stories on Twitter, where the handle is at muninetworks.org. Subscribe to this podcast and all of the podcasts in the ILSR podcast family on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Never miss out on our original research. You can subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ILSR.org. We want to thank the group Mojo Monkeys for their song Bodacious, licensed through Creative Commons, and we want to thank you for listening to episode 226 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast.